I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. Hello everyone, I'm Bethan Holt, The Telegraph's Fashion News and Features Director. Charlie has made the bold decision to hand over the podcast to me this week, a decision she hopefully won't live to regret. Um, And that's because I hosted what I think was a really interesting panel at Stella Live last weekend. Stella Live, for those of you who weren't there, you were really missing out. Um, It was a great event at the Saatchi Gallery where everything Stella just really came to life. It was brilliant. We met loads of readers, did great style clinics um, and had loads of great panel discussions just like the one you're about to hear. We were discussing the power of fashion with a just incredibly impressive panel of women. Um, We had Dame Helena Morrissey who is just a kind of financial powerhouse um, as well as having nine children and being the author of the book A Good Time to Be a Girl. We had Isabel Spearman, who was the brains behind Samantha Cameron's agenda-setting fashion uh, when she was at number 10. And Isabel is now also a columnist for The Telegraph, so you can read her brilliant advice every week in Stella. And we also had Erica Davies, who I think is every smart woman's Instagram addiction. She just gives brilliant fashion advice in a really relatable way no matter what your age, size, budget, she makes fashion accessible and it's just brilliant. The fashion industry is worth £32 billion a year in the UK alone and we all know how dressing well can make us feel great and yet some people dismiss fashion as a bit silly. So we wanted to delve into that a little bit deeper. Anyway, I'll stop talking now and let you listen to what these women had to say. They were great. We began by talking about how fashion has been empowering for these women in their lives and careers. Here's Dame Helena. For me, it comes down to uh, obviously really building your confidence once you find your style. I mean, I have to admit, when I interviewed for my first job, I had worked out that I needed to kind of fit in a bit with the status quo. And so I bought a very dull navy blue suit um, which is really frumpy, and I never wore it again after I got the job. And um, I realised then that it made me feel really bad. I mean, I got the job, but then I helped, it helped me to think absolutely what I wanted to be as a, as a woman in working in quite a male-dominated environment. And I really um, realised that I felt more confident, slightly bizarrely perhaps, when I was dressed very much in a feminine way. And people around me weren't dressed like that. Um, but, of course, the more I 
grew into my style, the more confident I felt that, and, and how it helped me stand out, I think. Um, it makes me quite sad when I look around, uh, even today, city events, and sometimes it's really hard. I mean, there are very few women still, unfortunately, but it's really hard to see if there are any women in the room because everyone's wearing a navy blue or black trouser suit um, and, and seeming too afraid to express themselves. So for me, it has been very empowering personally. Um, and I have some friends who all developed very individual styles. Um, we never copy each other, but we always admire each other, and it makes each person seem, I think, incredibly interesting, um, just as a sort of advert for the It's personality. such a powerful way of kind of female bonding, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah, and I mean, you can be... Not, you don't have to be uh, frivolous to enjoy fashion, or you can be serious and enjoy fashion. Yeah. And you I must find that, Erica, with, you yeah. know, your followers and the feedback you must get from them. Yes, definitely. And I think, you know, it's very true what they say, that women definitely dress for other women. You know, I was on the way here today, I was on the Tube, and I was totally girl-crushing on this amazing <laughs> woman. Who, and she just looked so chic. And, but she just really stood out. You know, she had very simple, but an amazing coat. She had an amazing haircut. She, but I think what came across was that she just looked incredibly comfortable with who she was. And I think that, for me, is style. It's mm. when you're comfortable with who you are and you're not afraid to express that. And it doesn't have to be really flamboyant. You know, she had a very simple outfit on, but she looked amazing. And I think that's when it, it really becomes more of a style statement is really knowing who you are and what you want to wear and what, we, what you want to say. Yeah, so true. And how about you, Isabel? What was fashion meant to you? Well, I think fashion is a funny word because fashion, you think of vogue and think of trends. Well, I think it's clothes. Yeah. And I love, I love, I worked in a very corporate environment. I worked in fashion first, where you did have to get dressed up every day, and it was a bit of a hassle, to be honest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the latest this, that, going to meetings, you're judged on your look before you get into the room. It was quite fun going to work in a very male-orientated environment, when actually it was you were judged on what you said. But it did help that I like dresses and heels, quite frankly. You know, it did help walking down number 10 in a really pretty dress and a pair of heels, because you got things done. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and it was really nice being able to not dress for a fashion way, but dress myself and enjoy clothes. Mm. Um, and I did feel empowered walking through the corridors of this incredibly amazing building with all these men in suits. And a lot of women who felt, as Elena said, they had to conform with the men or not wear makeup or wear all the grey and black to fit in. Well, actually, wearing a leopard skin dress, leopard print dress and you know, in low kitten heels and walking around and you just, I just enjoyed feeling feminine and it was, it was a useful tool and I think so often we're embarrassed and ashamed into kind of being women and dressing up in feminine clothes and why not, you know, if they've you, got this armour, why not use it? You would, you would get photographed quite a bit as well though, wouldn't you? No, I always try to get in the back entrance, <laughs> but yeah, it was like every Tuesday morning cabinet meeting, they had all the political paparazzi to photograph cabinet coming in, especially it was a big story and if you forgot you were heckled from the bottom of the street all the way in. And I was always absolutely intent that I was not going to smile at them, which I slightly regret now, because if the people pull up images of me to use stuff, I just like this. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe a few smiles would have been all right. But it, it was a quite an unusual um, entrance into work. Yeah. And are there any particular stories or, or things that stand out to you as times when fashion has kind of really proven its, its power, when it's really kind of come into its own in your 
I don't know, in your life or your career? Well, I'll start, because I've, I've just finished. Um, yeah. <laughs> but my favourite story is, and it is a number 10 story, because, I mean, if you work at number 10, you've got to leave with good stories, don't you? <laughs> yeah. And I, You're yeah, a great dinner party guest, I'm sure. <laughs> well, I know it's quite boring, because it's anything I have to talk about, but it's really fun. But um, Carlo Brute, there was that first visit when they first got in, the cameras got in, and the Sarkozy's were coming. So you've got this amazing supermodel, she's coming over, the French um, first lady, and all this planning, execution, and Sam, you know, I did everything. I was one special advisor versus Sarkozy's 20, Michelle Obama's 50, and I sat in a re- this meeting at number 10 with kind of 10 of her advisors, and I was like, I'm going I'm to go French today. And I put on my Amelia Wickstead pleather maxi mm-hmm. skirt that I'd bought in a sample <laughs> sale, and a Breton top, and a red lipstick, and it just, I just, it, it totally made me feel I could ask them and deliver exactly what I needed to on that day. And I know that, again, that sounds incredibly frivolous, because I felt good in myself and appropriate and armoured for the day. I, I did my job. Yeah. And I think that at the end of the day, we all want to get up in the morning, go to whatever job we have and feel our very best. And Helena, you must have... Yeah, I had this weird thing for many occasions when I would turn up, not having properly, I'm a bit embarrassed to admit this, uh, research things, but... I discovered that I was wearing completely the brand colours of wherever I was speaking. So once, I mean, on one occasion I was speaking at EY and I was hosting an event there for the 30% Club, which was, as you mentioned, trying to get more women in boards and senior roles. And they had rebranded that day. I mean, so it was all top secret. So I had no idea what the colours were. And I wore really, this is going to sound too, uh, too spooky, a black cream and orange dress. I mean, it sounds, it was better than it sounds. Um, <laughs> uh, Roxanda dress. And those were their colours. They said, thank you so much. And then I was invited to speak in Chicago, and I'd never been to Chicago. Um, and it was quite, a, again, a coincidence thing, and I was packing the one dress that I knew would travel, and I could probably dress it up and down for the day and the evening. Um, and I stood up and they said, thank you so much for wearing the bear's colours. I mean, it was the orange and blue, but I hadn't really researched it. And I realised, actually, that it, was, it meant so much to people. I mean, you see this, obviously, with royal family. They research and make sure they're wearing the, as you did with French visitors, that you wore uh, French. Diplomatic and maybe dressing. it seems like a bit um, childish in some ways. It can, but I've noticed people feel amazingly pleased that you've taken the trouble to think about uh, what would work. And then I realised it actually can help you again to be powerful. Um, I went to some talks in number 10, actually, but with the other Prime Minister. Um, and I wore a red dress, and I was sort of doing it deliberately to feel a little bit more powerful. And of course, the next day, the newspapers had a picture of me walking down, and it was entitled, I'm not sure I like this line, actually, Thin Red Lines. You know, and I was kind of me walking down the lines of the thing, and my colleague said, why did you do that? I said, well, it was sort of partly to get noticed by, by going red and everyone was in a sea of black. But, uh, but then, of course, people were interested in what I had to say then. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think we underestimate how much people read into sometimes, you know, the dress code that you have about whether you are a confident person or whether you have looked them up and researched what you're doing. Yeah, I think that's so true. I always think it's so clever. I know you did it a lot with Samantha and when the royals, you know, they've really thought about it and it's, it's oh, one of my best conversations was an hour's conversation with the Queen's dresser. Oh my gosh, I would have loved head. to have been a fly on the wall. It was about an event, and she just got chatting, and it was, I was like, I've got an hour. I mean, I'll just keep chatting, because I'll keep chatting. <laughs> yeah, I can get that. And she told me so much stuff that she probably wasn't meant to tell me. And I was like, I, it was like a little jewel, and how they completely think, right, she's it's going colours, here, this, we that. Yeah, totally. All about the colours yeah. of the Queen, yeah. So panned out. And how about for you, Erica? When has fashion really kind of come into its own? 
Well, I think because fashion has been my career for so long, yeah. it's never, I've never haven't really had one of those moments where something's particularly stood out. So I worked in a very, very male-dominated world, exactly what I was saying earlier. And I think I was always considered very... It was a bit of frippery, you know, all the fashion, fashion editors here. I know the feeling. Yeah. <laughs> and it's an interesting one because it does diminish who you are. You know, that yeah. it's, a, it's an instant kind of visual put down because of what you've chosen to wear that day and you feel great in it. Yeah. But actually they're sort of saying that you're silly mm. for even considering it. Yeah. I do remember being invited to number 10 and stressing so much. <laughs> I think dress codes generally are really stressful. Is it sort of fun though, thinking about what you're going to wear for those? Big I events like getting invited and... to stuff. Not I have, I've got such FOMO, but my I like planning what I'm <laughs> going to wear. I don't actually go like going. So I, 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 love, I love it. I love an outfit planning, but that's I think quite unusual. If I was going, I would wear. I think it is also an advantage, slightly, you know, because obviously if you go to black tie events or um, something where it's a very prescribed dress code for men, they have very little latitude. Um, mm. And I do think you can have some fun with it. Um, as, as I think the earlier examples, it was all about having respect for your hosts and so forth, but you can also have a bit of fun with it. And um, yeah. I think I get, I get criticised. I get asked quite a lot by senior men saying, "Why do senior women need someone like you to help? You know, why do why do we not need someone?" And I said, "Well, actually, because women have just much more choice. Yeah, it's just mm. much more choice. You know, a man in a corporate world <laughs> will put on a suit, and that's you know, they can get away with it. Sorry, Mr. Man in your suit, Emma. <laughs> but I think women, we have so much choice. We have so amazing stores. We have the high street. We have the internet. We have Instagram shopping. We have everything. And actually, you, you sometimes do need to navigate it yeah. at various points in your career. Mm. And what, what advice, particularly speaking to Isabel and, and Helena here, when you're talking about those very male-dominated industries? Like, I have friends who kind of work in the law world, and there's this sort of unwritten code that when you're more junior you can only wear grey and then maybe you can add like a sort of a little bit of colour when you get promoted and it's only when you're at the top of the firm that you can wear a red dress or something like that and you know when when you're I know you you must mentor so many women Helena what what advice do you do you kind of give them well I think it's absolutely essential in any context to feel the best version of yourself and to um to to feel less distracted by your clothes. I mean, you don't want to be kind of thinking all the time, um, feeling uncomfortable. But to, the idea that you there are rules and, um, to navigate, I think, is a very depressing one. Um, I do think you obviously have to be careful not to embarrass anybody else by being completely you know, over the top or flamboyant or just wearing something, you know, like very, very short skirt or something. But those are the only things that one would say to a mentee. Um, most of the time, I'm encouraging them to again, look at how, what the great characteristics of themselves are and what they aspire to be. People always say, if you act like the boss and you get made into the boss, the same way I would say goes for dressing that way as well. Yeah, definitely. When, I, when I've written, commented on, I feel like I, my two star crushes are right here. I bought most of what Erica puts on her Instagram. And I've, I've cited Helene so much because I think as women in business, it's very different, difficult to look up to and... Uh, look up and have a mentor, a style. I mean, she's always photographed her dress. She's always looks elegant. She always wears colour. And I think it's quite hard if you're working in a corporate environment to have someone to look up to. You've got a Mark Clooney, but she's got, you know, a team of stylists. She's got a massive budget. And I think you have to look for someone else who's senior to you, who you style, you admire, and you can, you can emulate them. And I think you, if you look up and you see someone, you, you can then gain confidence from what they're wearing. Yeah, mm -hmm. be inspired. 
And Erica, I mean, you've made a career out of making fashion accessible, like I said, to hundreds of thousands of women. What, what was it, do you think, about your message and the way that you kind of communicate style that really resonated? Well, I hope that it's just, a, it's just about democratising fashion. I think for so long, fashion, and, you know, I was part of that. I was the one talking about the trends on the catwalk. And I think particularly Instagram has been so fantastic in actually democratising fashion. Mm. So we're looking less to that now for our guidance and more to personal style and street style and finding amazing pieces on the high street. Mm. And we don't all have tons and tons of cash. Some of us do, (laughs) most of us don't. But, you know, you want to look as great as possible, but you don't necessarily want to spend an absolute fortune. So it's helping people find themselves, helping people find their style and cherry picking those pieces that would work for their lives. I think it's more about a lifestyle now than an aspiration. Yeah, what works for you. And kind of on on that that topic, you know, we're all so busy and especially if we've got kids, jobs, you know, juggling it all, looking after yourself and how you look and how you feel can kind of go down go down the list of priorities. How how do you all kind of juggle it? How do you prioritize yourselves and, and why do you think that's so important? It's about I genuinely don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I think it's a million every, dollar question. Yeah, but I think everyone does, whether you have children or you don't have children, we have nine children, two children, two children, no children. I think you just I think life I think you've got to enjoy life and I think if you have a wardrobe that you feel really confident in and you walk and walk, pick it, something up your wardrobe in the morning, walk out the door, it really helps your day. And I think it's such a silly thing to say, but I think every woman resonates that when you leave the house, if you feel good in what you wear, you just enjoy your day that much more. Yeah. So I know it's not just about having the right outfit in the morning, but for me it kind of is because I've got somewhere and think, oh, I spent the whole day going, why? I just feel uncomfortable. I don't feel good about myself. So I do think your wardrobe and paying attention to your wardrobe and, and putting that bit of extra time in definitely helps me enjoy my life a bit better. I've learned a few shortcuts, I must admit, um, some of which make, again, make me sound very lazy, but actually I like the fact when the Telegraph was writing, it was probably you, Isabel, writing about um, how it stood out a bit in the city and, and you or whoever was writing said um, that basically she, she, well, she wears lots of dresses. It's basically kind of like a, a onesie. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's very nice onesie, but it's kind of onesie. And the reality is, it's very simple to wear a dress. I kind of like, mm-hmm. I'm not great at kind One of thing. like putting things together. And in fact, I've had this little operation on my foot, but it's been a great challenge on the wardrobe front because oh, you really? know, up until like, this is my first outing and not an orthopedic boot, you know. So basically, I've had to wear really like trousers, long trousers, and you know, it's been a great taxing. And I've had to get up <laughs> earlier in the morning and I thought, can't wait to wear the dresses again. And I've thought, actually, you know, I only wear them because I'm. It's my shortcut to getting out the house and sort of feeling all together, you know. So, again, it's, it's what works for me. It might not work for somebody else, but it works for me. Yeah, but it's just that way of just knowing you're going to look really pulled together in a matter of minutes. Yeah, it's, I feel like it's, we finally kind of realised that over the last few years as well. Like the dress I, is a trend. But I think, I think women have become more confident in wearing dresses, and I think... Um, whereas dresses would have been seen as very feminine a few years ago. I mean, look at Rixo and Gant, you know, that... If you look at most of the brands on the high street, their biggest market share is in dresses. So that tells us something, doesn't it? And they're definitely the most popular thing. If I post on Instagram, they are definitely the most popular thing. I've bought most of the dresses you post on Instagram. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) And and that sort of um, frivolity thing that we were talking about, have you ever kind of encountered someone saying, like, 
this is silly. And how... I used to get asked if I was going to a party. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how, how do you fight back against that? Um, I, don't, I think it's quite difficult, probably, in a male environment. You I just kind of you fight back. No, you, you just go and laugh yeah. at them and just say... I think the best quote I ever read was about when Guy Ritchie was still married to Madonna and she came down dressed for a party one night and he took one look at her and just said, what are you going as tonight then? <laughs> and actually, I think that's the fun... That is the best thing about mm. being a woman. You can decide who you want to be every single day. Yeah. You know, you can be a powerhouse. You can be a lounge queen you know you can be whoever you want to be and that's what I think fashion does it's, it's so important absolutely I think we all agree I have got quizzed about wearing pink in the office you know people said well why are you wearing pink and I said well why not you know it's kind of like, and they said well you know it's not really a corporate kind of color um, and I said, well, who's decided that? And, yeah. um, and of course, then when you have a discussion, then the next day I notice, actually, one thing that I have felt really happy about is that when I've started work at, you know, when I, or people have joined a company and then they see how I dress, I, I notice, and some women have told me, said, well, actually, now I feel braver myself mm-hmm. because, you know, you've, and I'm not setting out to be, you know, inspiring or role model, I'm just showing you can do it a different way. And there's no real... You know, we're kind of hidebound by these rules that then make us feel constrained just in terms of other aspects of our performance mm-hmm. at work as well. I mean, it's not just about how you look, it's about how you are behaving. Um, and so if people can feel a little bit more liberated, um, I think that, that's got to be a good thing. Yeah, so important, definitely. So I don't know, I feel like maybe we've covered this, but I did kind of want to... Because I think sometimes this conversation can be... I think we've had a really positive conversation about it, but and we've definitely decided that it's not. But I think there's definitely a lot of women who just li- really don't know where to start with this, find it so bewildering. Um, and you've obviously completely mastered it. Do you, is there any kind of last advice you'd have for harnessing that feel-good factor or finding your style at all. I mean, I know this is something you help women with all the time, Erica. You give a lot of really useful <laughs> advice, which even for a fashion editor is useful. I think it's so subjective, but I yeah. genuinely think you have to start quite small. You know, I get lots of people saying, I'd love to be bolder with colour, I'd love to be bolder with print. And I just think start small. You know, if there's a, a little ham- is it a handbag or a pair of shoes you like, build up your confidence gradually. But I think playing around with things, getting everything out onto a rail and playing around with prints and colour and choosing styles that you like, so things that make you feel comfortable, and then just think about wearing them in different combinations. But just start off small. You don't have to go out and suddenly be head-to-toe neon if you've only ever worn black. I'm not sure we'd advise anyone to be head-to-toe neon, would we? <laughs> Except the Queen, obviously. That would be quite amazing. Yeah. She did do that for her... One of her birthdays, didn't she? She wore lime. Lime, yeah. yes. Yeah. Only the queen. Can Only the queen. Oh, yeah. And a hat to match. I mean, it's <laughs> it was brilliant. Isabel? I mean, I, I use... I, I'm, I feel quite lucky because I kind of feel quite confident in what I wear, but I do use Instagram as a massive source of influence. I mean, I remember you did a colour story where you did all the different colourways, and I literally screenshot it and went... Oh, what am I in wardrobe is lilac and green, you know? And it's good, I think, as a creative person, it's nice to get outside input and, and, and to make you rethink your wardrobe. But I think an honest friend, so if you are stuck, everyone has that friend whose style you, you kind of um, admire. And I think they're the, probably the most honest ones. And have, an, have a session with a really honest friend is rather terrifying, but probably quite a useful source of your time because then you can yeah. pull and edit. And it's things that you 
can do easy for someone else's wardrobe. I think it's very difficult to do to your own wardrobe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Got to be and special. have a separate work wardrobe and a separate. Tell us what job you've got, but a separate work wardrobe, a separate at home or casual wardrobe. Oh my also gosh! Helps because you can then you can then access that really easily in the morning. It goes back to ease and it doesn't even have to be a physical wardrobe. It can just be it a just rail. Can be yeah, it's right. actually like yeah. A, yeah. a section, a section. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have an honest friend or somebody who you really aspire, I think it's just really hard to um, see oneself as others see you. I think it, we all can see somebody who might be wearing, you know, something that isn't quite right for them. It's really hard to do that on yourself just by looking in the mirror. I think. Yeah. So I, I realize from, I mean, I, I used to dress now. I think about it really terribly. I, I, I wore things that I liked, but they didn't suit me. They didn't suit my body shape at all. And it was only by looking at photos and having really painful experience of watching a video of myself and thinking, oh, I look so terrible. And then realizing that I didn't need to look that bad. I actually was wearing the wrong colors or the wrong shapes or both, as it turned out. Um, and so I kind of like thought, okay, so I'm going to be, I've, I've, I accept I'm not that, you know, blonde person that I would like to be, or I'm not, you know, this particular curvy shape. I'm not, not like that. So I have to dress for myself. So it was only, in a way, it was a negative realization. Yeah. But it was that honesty again, that sort of, um, and using you know photographs everyone takes photographs now i mean i i i finally worked out how to work out if a pair of sunglasses suits you by taking it because you can't see them because it's made you it dark you know you can take a photo and then look and but the trouble is i found that all of them look hideous <laughs> oh i'm so sure that's not true you know having somebody having or else you know i've got yeah. now these daughters who got six daughters of my nine children I have learned that some are more reliable witnesses than others. I was going out once to a party and I put on a dress. I, was, I quite liked it and I asked my youngest, she was oh, lovely, you look so beautiful. I put on a pair of wings, she said, oh, that looks amazing. And then I suddenly thought, oh, hold on a minute. So I put on like a tiara or something. I don't have a tiara, but you know, <laughs> something, a huge necklace. She said, even better. I thought, I'm going to go out like a Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, choose your friends and your judges wisely yeah. <laughs> I think you're so right about photos though because you it do does. Just, it does yeah. I mean we used to do it with Samantha actually because an outfit that you look at in the mirror can look very different in a photograph mm. so if you are doing something better or worse I mean, yeah, it, better, it can, if you are doing yeah. something that you, you're suddenly doing something for your your work that you are out there whether you're being photographed or not but you're suddenly having a presentation or something a bit more high level it is useful having someone take a photograph of you because you can see yourself objectively and I think that's very difficult to do in the mirror. And yeah. I, going back a few years I did the styling for Trini and Susanna's books oh, and yeah. I remember working with Trini at her house going through her wardrobe and on the back of her wardrobe she'd taken Polaroids of all her outfits that she really liked. Wow. So every outfit that she liked she'd almost bookmarked it so she could refer back instantly yeah. and actually you can do that with a little Polaroid camera if you like. kind of Well... <laughs> No, this I'm is like very shabby. Now I'm going to have to go and catalogue my wardrobe. I've heard someone, um, actually, one of my colleagues, Emily, she has an album on her phone, Outfits I Like. And she, if she has a day where she feels good in an outfit, she takes a picture of herself and then just puts it in her phone. And then if one morning she's kind of not Done. sure what to wear, she's like, just goes oh, in and Isn't that look. just Instagram? Well, <laughs> brilliant. Well, thank you so much. Does anyone have any questions for our wonderful panellists? Oh, lots of questions. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you so much. I've just lost my voice, by the way. Um, it, that was super enlightening, very interesting. I think it's quite hard to have a conversation with fashion without bringing in the issue of sustainability just in yeah. the time that we live. 
And there's this stat that goes around, which is women wear 20% of the clothes in their wardrobe. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to know, realistically, what percentage of the clothes in your wardrobe you actually wear. And have you ever, just because this is my thing, I'm converted closet, mm-hmm. have you ever converted anything that you, you can't give away, you love, would you consider converting something? I think that's my question. I just... I, I'm, I'm about reconnecting people with the clothes they already own because yeah. I think mm. we all buy too much and we wear it too little. And so we're just sort of throwing it open and seeing what comes out. Great question. Yeah, that is a very important question. Yes, I've actually really downsized my wardrobe. I've done a lot of charity sales. I've done getting rid of stuff. And because I'm wearing so few pieces in my wardrobe and the pieces that I am going to, I, it's noticeable the ones that I am continually going to. I think that's what you have to start being aware of. Mm. And things like maxi dresses that I don't wear a lot, I've actually had taken up. So I've done quite a few things mm. like that. But yes, I would like to reduce more. I would say I have learnt the, the areas of my wardrobe that I haven't worn, all the things that I, you know, again, am drawn to, but ultimately don't suit me and I've uh, one advantage of having six daughters mm. is that you know there's always going to be somebody <laughs> um, but actually my husband who's very uh, kind about taking my things off the dry cleaners every week there'll be something that is for altering because I've found a good dry cleaner that would alter because it'll go for either a daughter who's a different size or I will change it so that it works and I have yes again been trying to recycle reuse give away to charity um, sell some things on if it's something that you know is, is kind of special but just I don't like the idea of it just sort of sitting there and it's a really important point and it's again one of those things perhaps comes with more with experience that you realize yes there's never going to be a moment for that peasant dress you know that I for some reason thought was a good idea I'm also trying to buy less so yeah. you know whereas once I might have bought four things from Zara mm. I might use mm. that money towards an amazing dress that I know I'm going to wear year after year after year. So I'm trying to do that a lot more now, just be more mindful of what I'm purchasing. And I think that the retailers are helping us do that, actually. They're yeah. very aware of it. And um, I mean, I, I work with a charity called Smartworks, which um, helps get vulnerable women back into work, and they are always looking for clothes for their sales. Um, Stella are the media partners. And it's really nice to be able to give your clothes and know that they're going to have another life for someone else. And I think, I don't have daughters, sadly. But it, I, I'm very strict. I'm in a retailer's worst nightmare. I'll wait for 28, seven days, you know, and I'll hold something on to try it with everything in my wardrobe to check that it does have a job to do because I think everything that is in your wardrobe has... And I do have the odd thing that emotionally I don't wear very often, but I love. Mm-hmm. And I kind of... I'll, I'll pack it away in tissue paper and some niece one day will wear it. But I think it is... I think the retailers are, are changing and I think they're changing our, our mindfulness about buying. And you know, Our cat now have a very open transparency and... I am very aware of buying four things from Zara. Yeah. Smartworks is a really great example, actually, isn't it? Because it's a charity which, you know, dresses women for job mm. interviews, and that can be the difference for them between, you know, getting their life turned around. Well, they come in as broken women who have been, um, their hopes have been dashed over and over again. They've been to lots of job interviews, haven't um, got them, and they come into these centres and they're thinking, why am I here? They've been sent by the... Um, job centres or an intermediary and they said I love it they do this kind of um, how do you feel confident kind of marking and it's one or two or one or two and they have two hour dressing session with a, a stylist and they 
they have an interview, but the next day, so they have to have an interview booked. And they have an hour's coaching, and they just leave like different women, their shoulders back, their heads up, they strut out like they're on the catwalk, and they're caught, it's like 10, 10, 10, 10. And because they feel good about themselves and what they're wearing, it's like that simple transformation is yeah. so easy and it's such a simple concept. That yeah, and that's the power of fashion there. Right? Oh, totally. Yeah. And, and they've got an amazing conversion rate into, yeah. into them getting their jobs the next day. I think that's a really nice note to end on. We had a really great time at Stella Live and if you'd like to access more events like this as well as the latest fashion news and style tips then I've got a brilliant offer for you. You can get a 30-day subscription to The Telegraph completely free at telegraph.co.uk forward slash fashion unzipped sub. We'll be back in two weeks' time when your usual host, Charlie, our senior fashion editor, will be speaking to the legendary former editor-in-chief of British Vogue, Alexandra Shulman. I cannot wait to hear that. If you have any questions you'd like to ask her, please email us at unzipped at telegraph.co.uk. Thank you for listening.